I mean, like, where do we even start, you know? Because there's so much to talk about in this one. Hello, beautiful people. It's your host, Danielle Mason, bringing you authentic conversation, transparency around real life experiences, and actionable tips to create your next breakthrough today. Think of this as your home away from home healing oasis where we overshare and overcome obstacles together. Pull up a seat, come as you are, and be ready to leave feeling challenged to reflect, encouraged to take action, and inspired to change. This is the Blackouts to Breakthroughs podcast. Welcome to the show. Back to our marriage, well, not marriage series, relationship series. I mean, we've been, we talk about all of it when it comes to relationships, dating, marriage, single. Who knows really where this is going to go? But with this one, Emma and I wanted to talk about red flags and really we were thinking about, okay, how can we make this series impactful for the person that sticks with us to listen all the way through, for the person that is questioning their relationship, is feeling maybe like, they could possibly be losing themselves in their relationship. They're feeling like their life isn't their own due to their relationship. Or maybe you're just somebody who wants to prep for a healthy relationship. Like really you can fall into any of those categories. And so we were just chatting and brainstorming, especially after our last episode, because we were like, I don't, we don't want this to end. <laughs> we want to keep going. With this one, we want to talk about what are those deal breakers? This definitely isn't for the faint of heart. This is for the person that is serious about their future and that can have an honest moment with themselves to say, okay, this is my relationship. These are signs that I'm seeing. Now, hopefully just what we're going to do is we're going to try our best to help you navigate that if you do see some of these like deal breakers and red flags come up in your relationship. Because let me just tell you, it's sometimes it, I know it can be hard to separate yourself from somebody who you feel connected to, who you love even, who you've been with, who's comfortable. But really think about, I might be getting ahead of myself, but really think about the <laughs> future you. And if this is a relationship that is going to, like we said last time, lead you more into your purpose, lead you more into confidence, lead you more into safety, or if it's going to drag you down. So Emma, where should we even start? I mean, let's just talk about the really like really big red flags first. And then we can kind of go down into how maybe we saw it come up in our relationship. So yeah, what what would be top three or four red flags? Okay. Um, let me think here. <laughs> Personally for me, I think number one is obviously a huge red flag is if they're not, of course, a child of God. So if they're not di- diving deep into like who God is, that's probably the ultimately the first red flag for me. Um, after that, I would say probably any sort of like aggression or controlling mm-hmm. ha- like habits that they have. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. Like, um, mm-hmm. there's so many people that are just like very aggressive or they kind of carry themselves in a way that's like almost prideful. And those I feel like kind of come together. Yes. Mm-hmm. Those are some two big things for me. And the third thing I would say is probably communication, yeah. <laughs> lack of communication, <laughs> um, or the ability to really read a situation and communicate 
like effectively that way. Yeah, those are huge. And I I could could totally come up and second all that. For me, the first one is just that controlling behavior, which leads to most times is aggression. And I think this one for me is so huge because it was something I personally went through and it can be subtle at first and you just want to overlook it. And it's like, okay, they're kind of controlling or like at first, maybe it can even be a little cute or like, yeah, they just really love me. And, you know, they want me all to themselves or whatever it might be. And then it starts to become normal and you never really address it. And then when it starts to kind of increase, then you start to kind of fight back. Because at this point in my in my walk, I, I didn't really have a relationship with Jesus. So you could just imagine two people who don't have a relationship with Jesus in that whole realm, super toxic. So one thing that I realized in that too was his actions and the way he treated me led me to get myself out of character, led me down a path of not knowing who I was, not knowing what a healthy relationship looks like, or even thinking I was even worth that because I didn't know what was out there. You know what I mean? Like I didn't know what to look for. Something I was thinking about that controlling aspect that you're talking about was like mind games. Um, I see a lot of men, women do it too, it's not just men, but I see a lot of men specifically with the emotional aspect for the woman. It's kind of like making you feel like, oh, it's just all up in your head, you're crazy, you're psychotic, it's not me, it's you. And Mm. I feel like guys a lot of time hone in on that emotional aspect that us women really need and we do have that intuition, we do have those instincts and I think they like to pride on that to control us a lot of times. And again, like I said, it goes both ways. I've seen women control men and vice versa. Mm -hmm. But specifically with men, it does seem to be the emotional part of it. Yeah. No, that's so true. It can get so (laughs) crazy. And women come to me and they're telling me about this relationship that they're in or this relationship that just ended and just the things that they experience in the relationship. It just blows your mind because it makes you think like, oh my gosh, how did you you stay or how did you not leave? And Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, it's when you're in it and most of the women that I've talked to that have experienced it, it's like, it's your normal and they make you feel like you're the one that needs help and not them. Mm-hmm. When in reality, both of you guys having that humility to, to say, neither one of us are perfect, and taking responsibility for my actions, having that heart posture of, okay, something I did made you feel a certain way, okay, let's talk about it in what Emma said, like having that healthy communication versus just fighting like, you did this and you don't really care about me or just calling the other names and it just becomes this whole fight. And so you find yourself fighting with this person time and time again. And I think that's another red flag is if oh yeah you're having these, these fights and arguments consistently. <laughs> And then having a horrible, like, maybe you just go to sex to make up or you just brush everything under the rug and you don't talk about it. You don't have these deep conversations around how can we do better? It's just kind of like covering it up and moving forward to argue some more. (laughs) And no solution. Mm, Yes, no solution. Yeah. Because it's one thing if you argue, I mean, like we've talked about in previous episode, like arguments are going to happen, but are you getting to a solution? And are you both understanding that like it takes two to tango? And if 
you really do love that person that you were dating or that you're married to, you should understand the fact that when they're in pain or that when they're struggling with something, you have an issue as well. Both of you are connected. Mm. So even if it's not something that you're like, I'm not an emotional person, like maybe the guy's like, I'm not an emotional person. You're just, you know, taking it out all on your feelings. Well, she's still, she's still hurt. So like this needs to now, this hurts you, this hurts your relationship. So how are you going to move forward? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think so often people in relationships think that, like you said, the guys who are controlling often go, it's just all up in your head. It's a you issue, not a me issue. And I think that right there alone is a red flag. If they are never able to see, like you said, and take that responsibility for themselves, they really don't know what's going on and they are being controlling. Yes. That was so big what you said. Oh my gosh, why did I just blank? What was it that you said that I was, what was, what what did you just say? Why am I blanking? That's so funny. No, you're fine. I'm trying to remember how I put it. Which part of it? Oh, oh, no, 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 no. I know. Okay. So, oh my gosh, yeah. So it being both of y'all's problem. So when Jamar is hurt, it's my hurt as well, because my goal is for us to have a healthy marriage. That's so glad. I'm just, I'm not so glad. That's so good. I'm so glad you said that. (laughs) <laughs> I think another thing too is um this kind of two in one but you feel like you have to avoid discussing certain subjects because you're afraid of their reaction you're afraid they're like going to threaten to break up with you like having bringing up anger and it and it's just really think about this you know you may get to the point where you're just like well I just can't talk about that around them like I've just accepted that but it just goes back to what type of a relationship do you want to have do you want to feel fearful when approaching your partner about something that has come up for you whether it's meaningful to them or not but it's meaningful to you yeah. And then also like if you have this difficulty of trusting them, and I know this one's kind of tricky because even, I'll be honest, entering into a healthy relationship with Jamar, I had so much trauma from toxic relationships. It was kind of like I wanted to, in the beginning, like kind of like self-sabotaging. And then Mm -hmm. like my trust issues followed me because I never dealt with them. Again, I just put them under the rug. And so instead of having, and this is possible, instead of having somebody that where you have to minimize minimize your feelings and you have to minimize how you feel and you have to kind of numb yourself to what's happening and then going to somebody who actually embraces you for who you are and comes to a place of understanding you know what like babe I understand how you feel or maybe I don't understand how you feel but let's talk through I want to understand and then somebody who is actually your partner I'm, I'm here for you I'm here to walk through these trust issues with you tell me what you need so I can help you heal and help you get to the place that you want to be just yourself and in the relationship. Yeah, that's so good. I love that. And I think what you said earlier about minimizing your feelings, something I want to add to that is if you feel like in the dating realm that you have to walk on eggshells with that person Mm. and that, like you said, you can't bring up your emotions. You can't, like, I think so often in dating, we think, oh, this is just a season and in a couple (laughs) years, this is going to be over. Like, I don't know where we get that mentality because (laughs) people stay together for long periods of time, whether they get married or not. But I feel like sometimes you have that mentality of like, this is just a short season. I'll get through this. But Mm -hmm. if you really are planning on being with that person and having like a dedicated relationship with them, this isn't just something that you are going to just one day wake up and it's gone. If you don't enjoy those feelings of them minimizing you or making you feel like your opinions and your thoughts and your emotions aren't valid, that's going to be something you carry with now for the rest of your life if you choose to stay with them. So like you said, that's a major red flag. Realize the consequences that has to your whole life, not just this little short piece of time. (laughs) 
Yes, 100%. It goes, it literally goes back to why, you, like the purpose you were created for, how do you think that you would be able to fulfill that if you have, again, like Emma was saying, like you're tied to this person that is literally bringing you down and not build you up. It just really doesn't make sense. And I'm trying to think about like how I made it okay. And I think yeah. a big thing, and we're going to talk about this in the next episode, is... <laughs> That is literally why sex is only for marriage. And that's the way God created it because... Once you have sex with somebody, you're connected to them on all levels. Like it's a spiritual yeah. connection. connection. It's just, yeah, it's a spiritual it is. connection. It can literally like cloud your judgment because now you're so invested into this person and you feel like, oh, I'm going to marry this person and I'm going to be with this person for the rest of my life. I know men and women view sex differently. Mm-hmm. So what would you say how big, and maybe this is for this next episode, but <laughs> how big would you say sex plays a part in people? staying in toxic relationships oh I think I mean I don't even know what kind of percentage I want to say a hundred percent but maybe it's less than that but honestly thinking back to like previous relationships and we didn't do any of that but like Mm -hmm. just even just the hold I had with that person with no sexual interaction whatsoever and I was only in it for three weeks (laughs) like the my thought process of someone being in it for like years and years and that kind of toxic relationship where they're not compatible and having that sexual intimacy that does bring about a spiritual connection with that person, whether you want it to or not. I can't even fathom the fact that people do get out of these relationships sometimes because it it ties you to that person. Like it really does. Mm -hmm. And it's more than just even spiritual. Like you said, it's on every level emotional. I mean, anytime, you know, Christian and I have an argument, like if we have sex, I'm like, okay, I feel good now. Yeah. You know, it really does bring you back together and God created it for that purpose. Mm -hmm. So, which is so beautiful. But yeah, if you're not tied to that person through marriage, you're going to be tied to them in some other way. Even if you break up, you are still always kind of tied to that person. And maybe you can test to that. I don't know. But I know other women have said that and it makes sense. Yeah. And so when I, when I'm like, girl, just don't sleep with them. Don't, yeah. don't do it. Cause it's going to cloud your judgment. It sucks that it's, again, it's just Satan really perverting it and making it normal, making something that is totally not normal, normal in the world, just so we can fall into the trap of all the things that come with premarital sex with somebody who is not in that covenant. Mm. Let's see. Oh, this one is so big. So we wrote out a list of, oh, this one's big too. We wrote out some red lines. It's like, yep, yep, yep. Let's talk about this one. A person that is always stuck in the dating category and never wants to move things forward towards marriage. Hmm. This Don't even get me started. Good. Let's <laughs> talk about this one. You go first. <laughs> okay. Oh my goodness. Where do I even start with this one? This has been something that has irked me to my core most of my life. I just cannot. So, okay. So people who tend to stay in the dating realm, I've met a few people who are kind of in that category or have been, and I feel like it's always one person wanting to move forward and the other person unsure. And they'll stay together for five, 10 plus years, who knows. And I feel bad for the person who wants to move forward, like genuinely, right? Like you would, because they're ready to get it moving and this other person's not. And so for me, that's a red flag if that person's unsure. If they're unsure about you and that they've been together with you for X amount of time, like a long time, I'm not just saying like a year, like long period of time, you should start Mm. being unsure about them. (laughs) 
Come like, on, say turn it. it back. <laughs> turn it back on them. I'm not trying to be mean, but like at the end of the day, if they're unsure about you, then you should be unsure about this relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if it's coming from the guy too. I see a lot of the guys do this. I do see it with women as well, but the men tend to be like, oh, I'm not sure that I'm ready to move things along, blah, blah, blah. And if they're unsure and they're going to lead you, I don't think I'd want to enter into a relationship mm. where they're leading me and they're not even sure about me. <laughs> Once you get in, let alone your needs and your wants and like everything. So yeah, that's my opinion on it. <laughs> so good. And like, I agree with everything that you said because, oh my gosh. I mean, I don't even really think I have anything to add to what you said because you basically just said it all. If that person is unsure about you with wanting to move forward, I think the first thing to do in that situation is to bring it up. What is what is going on? What is what is the halt? And this is something that Jamar and I kind of went through with premarital. It's like, you guys are already living together. You guys are already doing married things like what's stopping you and getting to the root of it and we both found that it really stemmed from fear Mm -hmm. so maybe in your relationship if this is your situation and you want to move things forward and he's just waiting for like the finances doesn't make sense because you guys are already living together doing all the things together and why would you (laughs) why would you say that makes zero sense i'm trying to kind of put reason behind it versus just makes zero sense yeah i think I think if you're living together, yes, it makes zero sense because you're already doing life. You're already like buying groceries together. You're already paying the bills, right? Like if you're living together, then you're already doing the financial things. Um, So at that point, it's not about being financially stable. I will say a lot of people wait for finances because they want a really big, nice wedding. And to that, I say, do it later and get married now. (laughs) Yeah. You can always remake it in the future. You're already married. So I don't really see the big deal in waiting till you're, I don't know. Like if you're already doing married things, if you're not doing married things, I do know a lot of people who want to wait for finances because maybe they're young and they're afraid of like leaving their parents' house and not having the money to come together. That makes a Mm -hmm. little more sense to me. Even the still though, I personally believe that like Christian and I, like I'd rather live poor and be with him than rich and not have him. So I I think those are just some things you have to weigh out in that situation. But absolutely, I 100% agree with you on the living together aspect of it yeah and just when you're having this conversation is it is it a fear or is it something where they're still possibly keeping their options open that's a possibility I mean I'm not sure I haven't been in that situation but I think a big thing of it could stem from fear and it just needs to have communication around it and how you guys can make progress forward are they willing to go to premarital counseling? That's a huge thing because if they aren't willing, that just shows that they're not willing to grow. That shows that they don't want to be honest about their feelings, to be honest about their thoughts, and they don't want you to know something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's literally what and it, it's a It's a, what's that called? A um, precursor for the rest of your relationship too. If they're not willing mm-hmm. at the beginning of your relationship to say, this is what I'm putting first and I'm willing to put my pride aside and mm. come to this, you know, session with this counselor and say, here's our issues, help us resolve this and move forward. Then I'm not entering into marriage with somebody who, if they can't even do it for the simplest thing in our relationship, they're never going to do it when you come to them and you say, I've lived years with you and you don't change. Let's go to counseling. They're just going to be like, no, I haven't mm. done it all these years. Like, I'm perfect. You have the issue. Like, again, that thought process mm-hmm. of you have the problem, not me. So so huge. Again, it really just kind of ties into this big picture and not just choosing, which is a hard decision. And that's why most people don't choose the hard decisions because they want to choose what is easy in the moment and what they're comfortable with. So maybe you have a fear of like not being able to support yourself or 
something that keeps you there. If it's these mm-hmm. like external things, it's kind of like a fear of keeping you in the relationship. I would say that's a red flag. And then Absolutely. taking strides to make that, to get under, out of that dependency on that person and to really work on you and redefine what you want in life. Well, and something I want to challenge the listeners to as well is if you're afraid of those external factors of, well, he pays for the bills or what am I going to do? What am I, how am I going to pay for myself? Where am I going to live? What did you do before that relationship? <laughs> One, you had to have supported yourself somehow before they came into your life. You could do it again. Ultimately, you're a strong, independent woman. You can do it again. <laughs> but outside of that, if that's what's keeping you there, then you're in that relationship for wrong reasons. And that should be a cue to you that like you need to leave. If you're only staying for the money, like I know it's funny to joke about having a sugar daddy or whatever, but like if you're only staying for the money, then there's some big issues in that relationship you know, or for just even that comfort, that fear, if I leave, I'm going to have discomfort. Like those are not good reasons to stay into a relationship. You can always figure out external factors. But once you lock yourself into a relationship, you are emotionally attached. And that's not external anymore. That's internal. So yes, exactly. And what something that just came up for me is I know some women will stay in relationships because they're they have a fear of being alone. That is just something to address anything that comes up for you like trust issues like this, this fear of being alone. Think about you being able to work through that to enter into a new season of your life where you feel confident in yourself and in the God that created you to take care of you and to protect you and to provide for you. Think about that that woman that you will start to become when you exit from a place that is kind of like a band-aid to Mm. your internal wounds and to your fears like that's something to face and I encourage you to face it because once you face it what you will get out of it is 10 times more than what you're sitting in right now that is such a good word yes and it like you said it's that band-aid over a big open wound if you're staying in a relationship like you said for that loneliness fact Like it is lonely being single at times. That's pretty obvious. (laughs) Um, But it's not for me, at least it's not worth the temporary gain of being with someone who's toxic. And ultimately, I kind of what comes up for me is like, the candle under a bushel, like that light. When you're with that person, they're kind of just like covering you up. Like Mm. you can't fully glow the way that you were meant to and like just create this vibrancy that the world needs. So when you get out of that relationship, you might have a period of like that wilderness where you're like, why am I here? Like the Israelites, right? They go through the sea and God's like, I'm taking you, I'm delivering you. And then they spend 40 years in the wilderness. So you might have that wilderness period, but like what comes later is the promised land, so to speak. You do get like God fulfills what he says he's going to do for you. And that's going to look different for each person, but it's just not worth the temporary gain. You're either in slavery like the Israelites and whether that's to that person or to the bondage of fear, or you're in deliverance of what God has called you to. And then you're able to fully just glow and radiate that purpose that you've been called to. And so many women get held back because of relationships and we're relational beings and we really do crave that we're created to but don't let it hold you back from what you're meant to do either yes so big think about if the israelites said no and they wanted to continue to live in bondage they wouldn't have made it to the promised land i hear this we we hear this all the time whatever is meant to be will be you're 
your decisions, like if the Israelites did not step out on faith to follow Moses, they would have continued to live in bondage and would have never made it to the promised land. So would you say mm-hmm. that it was meant to be if they just stayed in bondage? Oh, it's just meant to be because mm-hmm. of fear. That doesn't like when people say that it's I, I don't really it's not true. Like I don't I don't believe that you can not live the life that God created you for. Yeah, I feel like that phrase kind of promotes laziness um, of this idea that you can just do whatever you want, whatever actions, you know, feel best for you at that moment, and it will all just work out. And at the end of the day, that is not how the world works. Actions bring consequences, and those consequences could be good or bad, negative or positive. But at the end of the day, every single choice you make leads to a consequence of some sort. And so there are certain things in life that I do believe are God-ordained and God allows them to happen whether we choose to do anything about it or not. But I believe that there are a lot of daily things that we choose to do or not to do that lead us to the results that we have and especially in dating, these issues that we have. So yeah, that's just an off story. But (laughs) no, I think that was so necessary to add. So, so, so good. So if you're like, all right, well, um, Emma and Danny, y'all are talking to me. So what do I do about this? (laughs) Um, (laughs) So let's dive into how to address these things, these red flags, your relationship, if you see these things coming up. I know we talked about the first thing it being, you know, counseling, and then their reaction will tell you a lot. If they reject, mm-hmm. again, you got to ask yourself that question. Okay, if this person is saying no to doing something where it takes humility for one, which is a great, it's one of the number one characteristics that God requires of us. <laughs> he opposes the proud for a reason. The prideful is not able to change. They're not able to grow. They're not able to, to mature, to be taught, to learn. So that for you, you're faced then with a question of, is this a person that I truly want to invest my time, energy, money into? to, you know, resources. If they do say, okay, yeah, let's do it. Then that'll open a whole realm of this next step in this next phase of your relationship. And I highly recommend, and I know Emma would probably say the same thing, a mm. Christian counselor, <laughs> because yeah, that is so important because it's like the person that you're going to, what value, what principles are they moving off of? And God created us. He created us to be in relationship. He created marriage. So I just don't see how you could really operate if that's not your foundation. The foundation. Yeah. And something I want to add to that as well is when you think about it, like the Bible is truth. And especially as a Christian couple, you want to, like you said, have that foundation of truth, but also realizing we talked about previously, like you came into Jamar and your relationship with some trust issues, having someone to guide you and saying, okay, these are lies of the enemy mm-hmm. and attacks from the enemy. And this is the truth of what God is saying about you and about your relationship. And if you don't have that foundation, you're just going to go to some secular person that's like, yeah, I'm sorry that you feel that way. Jamar, can you see how she feels like that? But you're never going to get anywhere, really. Mm. Like, I don't believe, not at least very, not not as effectively. Yeah. Say, okay, well, yeah, that makes sense. Let's do counseling. How could they even bring up that conversation? Maybe we can give them some, like, tips with that. Yeah. I would say to approach the situation, like, calmly. Don't come to it where you put them on the defense, You don't want to say like, I feel like you have some issues and therefore we need counseling. That's never going to go well. And their reaction probably will be the reaction that we're talking about that's not good is I don't need counseling. You've got the issue. So I'd say coming to it calmly and saying, making it sound like a team effort. 
of this is something I feel like could be really beneficial for the both of us. And I would love to just know you more personally as a person, as an individual, and for you to know me more intimately and move to a greater goal in our relationship, whatever that looks like, marriage, engagement, maybe you're already married and you're just trying to work out some issues and come to it in that way where you're you're building a team versus saying no. we've got an issue or you've got an issue. Because like we talked about earlier, if one has an issue, you both have an issue that you need to solve. So doing it in a team way, I think will help to kind of What's the word? Wow. Diffuse, yes. yes. Diffuse. So the other person doesn't have their guard up. It's like, okay, you're attacking me. What is our instinct as humans? We're going to put up defenses. Yes. It's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. That's so yeah. good. Diffuse that, like you said, that defensiveness. I think that is just so key to helping them get on board with you to do counseling. And then you can move from there. Yeah, that's so good. That's so well said, literally. Like, if you say it exactly like that, you'd be good. Uh, <laughs> so say they want to approach their partner with something that they're noticing, like a certain red flag, like a controlling aspect or their aggression mm. or the lack of trust in the other, in themselves. How would you tell them or guide them to enter into that type of conversation without that blaming Ooh. aspect? Yes. Oh my goodness. Okay. So kind of like the whole coaching thing that we've learned through our classes together. I think again, you come to them calmly and you say, here's what I'm noticing. Danielle, how often were we told to say that Uh in coaching? Here's what I'm noticing. You do with it what you want. I think coming to them and saying, I'm noticing that these are some tendencies you have or that when I say this to you, you you get aggressive with me or you go on defense. Like, can you explain that to me? Like leaving it as an open question for them to answer is going to help them kind of see themselves in a way that they're like, huh, why do I do that? Or maybe they don't even realize that they're manipulative or that they're purposefully Mm -hmm. guilt tripping you. Sometimes it can be easy to have those tendencies of you're just used to getting what you want and you know how to manipulate people, but maybe you're not, you don't even realize that you do that. So bringing it up to them and saying, hey, like, I don't know if you recognize this in yourself, but I noticed that when I want to do something that you tend to kind of like wrap it back around and we end up doing what you want. (laughs) In, in like a lot of situations. Again, is there a reason for that? Or can you describe that to me? Yeah. What do you notice this in yourself? And just leaving it as an open conversation. Now that doesn't mean if they get aggressive with you in the future, and they don't want to change or that they really don't see it in themselves that you stay with them. But I think opening up that conversation to see that maybe this is something they need to see in themselves that they just didn't realize was there. Yes, 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 yes. And I want to add to this because maybe you're noticing that you're that person. <laughs> Maybe you're like, oh my gosh, that's me and I know it. Same. Seriously, Mm -hmm. before I started dating Jamar, I didn't see a lot of the flaws within myself. And that's why, again, like you choosing your partner so wisely is so important because if Jamar came to me and just bringing me down based off of my flaws and based off of these red flags, it would have made me defensive and it wouldn't have brought me to a place of wanting to change and to wanting to expand my awareness about what's really going on with myself. But instead, he came to me and he said, I'm noticing like you're, you're really prideful, Danielle. Whenever I bring up something, you tend to deflect it back onto me. And these are things that I didn't notice. So having a partner that is mature, that is seeking the Lord, exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) They will look at you, of course, not every time perfectly, but their goal and your goal too, if you guys are both seeking the same thing and having God in the middle is to look at the other in the eyes of Jesus through the lens of how Jesus sees you. 
And Jesus knows that you've walked through things that have made you become defensive, that have made you angry, that have made you hurt. And he's not going to throw it in your face or make you feel worse about it, but he's going to come to you again, gently, that's a fruit of the spirit, with patience, with kindness, to help you see the God in you, to help you see the areas that you were hurt and to to partner with you to help you go on your healing journey from that. That is so beautiful what you just said. And even just like like you said, like if you're listening to this and you're like, these are me, this is me. <laughs> Again, I just want to affirm the fact that we all have like things that we need to work on. It doesn't mm-hmm. always mean it's going to be a deal breaker. But I think especially when you look at the extreme of things, like if you are overly controlling or someone you're with is overly controlling, then you need to start checking those things and be like, whoa, this person's not willing to change or to be teachable on those subjects, then yeah, now it is time to leave. But I do think you come to them outside of abuse with reason, you know what I mean, of let's try and work this out. But even just like manipulation or being persuasive or even playing mind games, I'm just going to be honest, women are really good at that sometimes (laughs) with our men. And I hated it myself. It is something I know I have to work on and I try really hard, but it can be so difficult. Like when I want to do something to not try and make it sound like really good for the other person so that they naturally think they're just gonna and it's oh it's so bad Danielle it's so bad but I know that in myself that Christian will sometimes be telling me like are you trying to make me feel this way and I'm like I'm so sorry like I should never have done that that was not fair to you that was not fair to our relationship I'm gonna go ask for forgiveness and try not to do this next time it just makes me feel so yucky but yeah like we all have certain tendencies that like you said our childhood plays into it I don't necessarily know why I'm like that but I do have those tendencies and I have to be very conscious of them and that comes with that self-realization that we were talking about in the first episode of you need to know yourself really well before you get into these relationships so that you understand when someone brings this up to you that you do have some issues and that you understand that you also need to grow and change and mature just like they are yeah so good I think I say that after everything that you say so good so good (laughs) and it it just stems from I think the biggest thing is are they willing to grow because if they are that breeds hope and if they aren't it's hard to find hope in that because yeah (laughs) that's really the only thing that just in the example that you said with you and Christian imagine if you were prideful and you weren't determined to you didn't one put the relationship the marriage at more importance than yourself and if you were just like yeah no whatever like I'm not listening to you like there's no respect for that person or how he feels and at that moment you're choosing your pride over the relationship and over that other person so I think that's just the biggest thing mm-hmm. is the growth the, the willing to to grow and make necessary changes so I know you have a couple of other notes here and I think they're so great just good action steps that you can do so do you want to talk on those I know it says like talking to your friends or your family about mm-hmm. what they see in them and of course choose them wisely you know choose <laughs> people who you really trust so I think that was a great one did you want to add any other ones yeah I, I put down talking about like Pray about the situation 
I think you should definitely pray about it before you ever come to them with anything, just to mm-hmm. allow God's Holy Spirit to help you discern what's actually going on. And also to pray about the reaction and their response as well. Mm. Um, sometimes I'll pray that God, whoever I'm going to, to talk to about something that he, he opens their heart and their ears and that they're able to, like he softens that, right? Like he softens their heart. God has the ability to do that. Yes. But sometimes we just need to walk in faith and ask him to do it. We forget so often that like, yes, people have a choice over their response. Response, but we also help in like the way that we present it to them and also the preparation we do. And so I think that's a big thing is praying about it. But then another key piece that Christian and I have even in our counseling that the counselors have brought up whenever we need to go into discussions with people is pray about what's coming up for you. Don't just pray about them because that's, you know, again, it's so easy mm-hmm. to do that. We see the log in someone else's eye or the speck in someone else's eye and we don't see the log in our own. But praying about God, show me any areas that I'm in the wrong or that I need to be, you know, working on these areas so that when I come to them, I can fully say like, I have prayed about this and I'm going to work on these things. Do you want to come together as a team and work together on each of our own aspects and grow? So I think that's a really important key piece. And if you don't focus on yourself first and praying for God to show you, it's kind of pointless to go to them because you're just doing the same thing that you're going to them about, if that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) If they're unwilling to listen to it, and you're unwilling to listen to it, then you're not going to get anywhere by talking to them. 100%. And I think this is probably the most, one of the most important, the most important thing I feel like that we've talked about is sending God before you. Oh my gosh. Prayer is so powerful. And I think that's something that I'm really learning in this season of my walk with God is how powerful prayer is, especially when you pray for your partner. You'll see him work wonders. And again, he will do things that we physically cannot do on our own. And so send the Holy Spirit to go before you pray in in that being your preparation. And I think that's so beautifully said of don't just pray for the other person, but pray for yourself as well. And to just for the goal of you becoming more like Jesus, because that's truly what this life is about. And that's what your relationship actually allows you to do, especially in marriage, is to become more like him because it challenges you all the time. It accelerates that growth. It does. (laughs) You definitely, oh my goodness, uh, we could have a whole episode on that, which is awesome. It's it's awesome, but it can be so painful at times because we're, we're both like broken beings coming together to make a marriage that we're trying to make in our own effort beautiful, but ultimately God can only do that. But I think the most painful aspect is that you are trying so hard to please the other person because you love them so badly that when they bring up these things to you, Mm. you're like, dang, I'm still failing. (laughs) And that's just the grace of having a good spouse who's merciful and willing to like be patient with you and just the grace of having a good God. But yeah, praying about yourself first is just so key in relationships, like you said. I loved this one so much, Emma. Oh, it was amazing. So I'm so excited. I hope you guys are as excited for these episodes as me and Emma are because we're so freaking pumped. Next week, we have planned to talk about the importance of purity and just really diving into the sex conversation and, and what it means to be pure and just why that is so important. But who knows what will come up for us next week. I mean, we're really like... We'll just see, but that's the plan for today. That's the plan for now. So any last words, Emma, before we close out? I don't think so. I think the one last thing I want to address for red flags is that when you start to see these characteristics of people not being willing to change, maybe being resentful to hearing that word, that when you decide or if you decide to break up, 
that you are definitive in your decision of saying no. Because a lot of women will be like, well, I'll say no for now. And then a couple years, I'll come back to him if he's changed. But Mm. and maybe if there's some drastic change there, yes. But I think just being definitive and saying no. Mm. And just again, reinstating the fact that you can do it on your own. You've done it before. God's got Mm -hmm. you. You can move forward in this life without that person if they're really holding you back. Yes. Beautiful closer. And that decisive decision just comes, it's a skill actually to be decisive. And it comes with confidence and knowing what you want and what you don't want and your standards. So thank you for listening. We love you and we can't wait to talk to you next time. All right, let's bring it in, giving you a virtual hug because you just finished another episode of Blackouts to Breakthroughs podcast. And you know what? You just deserve it. The reviews and subscriptions mean a lot to me. So if you love today's episode, make sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any other episodes. Also, I'd love to hear your takeaways. So feel free to screenshot this episode, put it in your stories and tag me at Blackouts to Breakthroughs on Instagram with your biggest takeaways so I can connect with you and reshare your post. I can't wait to hear from you. Until next time, friend.